I believe there's a genius inside of each one of us and each one of you. And you can tap into that genius by programming your subconscious mind. So my parting words would say, get in there and download the ebook and start experimenting with it and have some fun. Uh, you can truly be the designer of your life. You can paint your own picture and live it. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 570. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I am so thrilled to have you with us today. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to one of my new friends, Carl Hunter. Carl, and Carl, you know, this is a funny question to ask, but do I call Amy your wife? Is Amy your wife? I never really <laughs> even got into that. But, you know, before I let you answer that, because I'm so good at just talking all over people, we met a few months ago, and I really enjoyed my time that I spent with you. But Carl is the owner of Prosperity Global. And the stories I heard when we first met were just incredible. And I can't wait for him to share some with you. But Carl, thank you for coming on to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, thank you for having me, Kim. It's great to be here. So I, now I have to go back to the question. What do I call Amy? Well, that's a great question. We've been together since 1991. We're not married, technically, so we're just together because that's how we choose to be. That's amazing. Together. So any way you'd like to refer to her, she's she's my companion, my best friend, and and my business partner all in one. Okay. I won't call her your better half. I'll call her your other half. Okay. Your partner. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I just wanted to make sure I had the right verbiage. But Carl, would you mind sharing who you are with the listeners? Because my introduction didn't even scratch the surface. And while I've heard a lot more awesome, they need to hear some of it too. Well, who I am. Right now, my main focus is sharing who I am with regards to what I can offer to the world. And I'm specifically talking about how we program our subconscious minds. Uh, so who I am today, because I believe we change all the time, is someone who's focused on showing other people a, an amazing way that they can really tap into their own power and and get rid of all the negative limitations that they've picked up along the way in life and get back to the true essence of who they are and really experience joy and happiness. Is this something that you've always been doing or was this something that you discovered through your own journey? And if so, what was that journey? Well, I did discover it through my own journey and it really started when I first got into business for myself back in the late 80s. I got into business for myself in the diamond business. And in the beginning, everything was going great and everything was flowing. And then suddenly it seemed like one day everything kind of fell apart. And no matter what I was doing, I couldn't seem to figure out how to get it to go back together. And it kind of was like a domino effect in my life and all areas of my life. And so I knew something had to change. 
and I did some deep soul searching and and actually the would you like me to tell you the version that includes the Mexico and Rio de Janeiro? Yes, and I'm so intrigued because I haven't heard this diamond story. I had no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, so I was really at a stressful point and when everything was falling apart, I just, just kind of threw my hands up in the air and said to my friend, you know, let's take a road trip to Mexico. <laughs> so uh, another friend loaned us his car and we drove to Mexico on a budget and we drove all the way to Mazatlan. And it was right around New Year's Eve time. We were going to be there for New Year's Eve and we got there and we parked on the beach and rested for a while in the car and then got up and walked down the beach to kind of enjoy things. It was in the morning. We walked for about half an hour and then came back and somebody had broken into our car and stolen all of our money and our, <laughs> they oh left us, they left my underwear and our boogie boards. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to go surfing, go out in the surf, but uh, we were pretty much stuck with the clothes we had. And so somehow we were, we had enough money that we were able to get into a, the cheapest hotel there on the strip and convinced them to let us stay till we got some money from the embassy, got somebody to wire us some money. And I just remember that what happened was the somehow someone in Washington, this was back in the days before the internet, somebody in Washington had the money order on their desk and they didn't process it. And it was the holiday weekend. And so there we were stuck in Mexico with no money. And it was New Year's Eve coming up. And on top of that, I ended up from drinking the water or something, I ended up getting sick. And so there it was, New Year's Eve. I remember hearing everybody shouting in the streets and all the fireworks going off. And I was in the bathroom sick and they were all yelling, Happy New Year. <laughs> and I was saying, something's wrong with this picture. My alignment's not right here. And so I had a great time in Mexico other than that. And my friend said, well, if you really, if you liked this, because I had never been south of Tijuana. And my friend says, well, if you like this, you'll really love Rio de Janeiro. So I decided that I was going to take a trip to Rio de Janeiro. At the time, I was broke because of everything that had happened. Didn't know how I was going to do it. But when I got back, another friend shared some information with me that showed me just kind of peeled back the curtain a little bit that kind of got me in interested in how I could program my subconscious mind. And I learned a specific, the tiny little nugget that I picked up from this information was that if you write, handwrite in a certain way at a certain time, you can actually influence your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is running the show to the tune of 95 to even as high as 99% of the time. So as much as 99% of the day when we're in our conscious mind thinking about the past or the future, we're on autopilot and our subconscious mind is taking care of everything. Just like when you're driving and you're thinking about something that you're going to do and you suddenly show up at your destination and you go, oh, wow, that was, how did I get here? Uh, that was your subconscious mind that was running everything on autopilot. And most people are living the majority of their lives on autopilot based on programming that was written when they were a child. And 
when we're children, we can often have distorted impressions about, you know, how the world is, and we can pick up distorted views, and those distorted views then affect everything else in our lives. So there I was with this new information, and wait, can I, I pause you for a second? Sure. What time do you write? <laughs> is that a, is that a secret that you're willing to disclose? Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to to share with your listeners the entire process. Okay, because there is a certain time of the day that I look at the clock. And on days when I have appointments, yes, I am checking the clock to make sure I'm going to be on the time. But on days when I don't have appointments, I'm fairly oblivious to the time. And I always look at the clock at that time. So if you say that time, I will be floored. What, 11 11? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please tell me it's not 11 11 or 11. <laughs> yeah, so you can program yourself to see the clock at any time. Is it 11 11 though? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just almost had me put a E in front of this episode. Carl, you got to be kidding me. Listeners, we did not rehearse this. This is the first time. And I will I will pull my Bible off the shelf and put my hand on it. We did not rehearse this. Oh, holy moly. Okay. You'll have to remind me to tell you a, a casino story about that. <laughs> Like I, it's taking everything in my power and not to swear right now because that's what's in my head is holy dollar sign HIT. Like, and I wasn't even going to share with you that that's the time that I always look at the clock. Okay. Yeah. I need to know more, but I, I want to know how did Rio de Janeiro happen? So I'm still floored. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> so Rio de Janeiro. So my friend, again, I, he mentioned that I would love Rio. And so now I had learned this technique about how to write and program your subconscious mind. And I started experimenting with that and saw some amazing results with my uh, interaction with people right away. And because I had a goal that I was had made a decision that I was going to go to Brazil, no matter what. So here was the thing. My friend said, the time you got to go is carnival. And Back then, it was February, mid-February, I think it was. And so, we thought, all right, well, we'll, we're planning now almost a year. Well, it was about a year in advance. And so, it's because this was New Year's. This was New Year's that I was in Mexico. And then we were going to go the following February, which was the next time that Carnival was happening. So... In that meantime, I learned about this, how to program my subconscious mind, and I started seeing such amazing results with it right away that I decided, wow, I'm going to master this process. This is amazing. I can't believe they're not teaching this in schools. Uh, You know, why haven't I heard about this before? And it's a completely different way of living. So I decided I was going to master the process, and in the process, I started programming myself to, I figured, well, you know what? I've got advanced time here to prepare myself, to program myself, to be in Rio de Janeiro, and let's go in January, so we're there early. Uh, So I programmed myself every night, I wrote just before I went to sleep, which is the window of time, just before you go to sleep, within 30 minutes, preferably the last thing you do before you go to sleep. I wrote, I am in Rio de Janeiro on January, in January of 1989, is what I wrote. I wrote that every night, 
up until the time when things lined up and it was time to get a ticket and things had been shifting in my life and I was able to get a ticket to go to Brazil and my friend had a friend. We were going to stay at their place in, in Copacabana right there on the beach and we decided to fly into Asuncion, which is in Paraguay, so that we could go to Iguazu Falls, the massive waterfalls there. My friend says, if we're going to go to Brazil, you got to see the falls. So, so we make the trip. We plan to go to the, to the falls. Now, the reason why I'm telling you all this is because the way that the subconscious mind works is specifically when it comes to alignment. And you were talking about 11-11, so this is, is very relevant to this alignment thing. So I'm programming myself to be in Rio de Janeiro, January of 1989. I did not know what day for that year I was programming. It was long before I got tickets to fly there. So I did not know what day we were going to fly in or anything like that. I just knew that that's what I was programming, that I'd be there in January. So we end up flying into Asuncion. And we from there, it's a road trip to get to Rio. So... We had no plan as, as a schedule when we would be there. So at this point, it was all I had. We started the traveling. I wasn't looking at my writing, my notebook that I would was normally writing in every night and because I was traveling on the road. And then ultimately, we finally got to Rio de Janeiro. And it was in the evening. It was like close to midnight. And I just remembered standing there on the on Copacabana out there on the, the tile walkways out there and just looking out at the beach and the lights and, and just really soaking it all up and feeling really good. And then we went in back into our friend's apartment and I pulled out my notebook to do my nightly writing. And I looked at the last thing that I had written, which was that I'm in Rio de Janeiro, January of 1989. And I happened to look at what the calendar said and it was the 31st of January. Oh, and my it was gosh. Almost midnight uh, of 1989. So, even though I was not paying at all attention and the schedule had long since been set up and, and we were totally winging it from moment to moment without a conscious thought about showing up in Rio in January, we literally showed up just before midnight, January 31st, 1989. That's just the power of the subconscious mind. It, when you turn it over to your subconscious mind, it takes care of all the details. It just makes things happen and you can just live your life and be happy and carefree and not be f stuck in your head thinking all the time. That's a tough place to be. You don't need to tell me that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people are living in that and I have compassion for it. And at the same time, I would love for people to know that it's not necessary. In fact, with a new technology that I've created for clearing that stuff out of the mind, it really clears it out, clears out the mind chatter and everything in literally four and a half minutes. But, you know, we can talk about that later. Yeah, see, that intrigues me. And I don't mean to jump right over there, but it intrigues me because you know, you've heard me share that I have chronic idea disorder. And the mind cheddar keeps me busy. I don't know any better way to say it. Like I get ideas all the time. I've had, you're my third podcast of the day, you're my sixth call of the day. I'm full of energy right now because every single one of those calls has, maybe you have a better way of saying this, but I feel like it's been chatter. Like so far today, 
I've come up with two app ideas. And yesterday I came up with a book. And I hope my coach isn't listening to this podcast because I'll get my butt chewed out for <laughs> for saying yes, I am proceeding, even though it's not the one thing that I should be working on right now. But, you know, it keeps me my mind chatter. And really, Carl, please just let me know if there's another better way to say it makes me feel excited. But there have been those times when my mind chatter was not good. I mean, when I was married to my ex a decade ago, my mind chatter was negative self-talk constantly. Yeah. And I didn't realize I could clear that out until I learned that I could clear it out. So I'd love to hear more about that. Well, what we're talking about here with this technology is really taking things to a whole new level that honestly, I didn't know even was possible before. And we meet with people daily who, who tell us the exact same thing. They're sitting there experiencing it after four and a half minutes. And they're saying, I didn't know this was possible to have this level of clarity and to have no, just to truly feel my presence here without all of that chatter going on. So I've even had people who have done a lot of personal development, a lot of inner healing, uh, who felt like they had no mind chatter at all. And as soon as they experience this technology, they're like, oh, okay, I have clarity at a new level. Uh, so what you're talking about, I wouldn't necessarily consider, you know, it's not necessarily uh, what I'm referring to. I'm mostly just referring to better. the negative mind chatter. Ideas, that's another story, you know, and that's a different part of our brain that's functioning when we're coming up with ideas versus regurgitating thoughts of yesterday and yesteryear and yesterdecade, okay. uh, literally. One of my favorite movies is Contact with Jodie Foster. Have you seen that movie? I have seen that. Okay. So I'm not giving away. I need to think if you haven't seen the movie, but want to see it and it is like a decade and a half old, but if you do want to see it, then just you know, fast forward 30 seconds or so. I'll give you a second right now to do that. <laughs> but they get the the frames from, you know, some other life form and they split them apart and they realize, you know, there's there's like three different layers and one of the layers looks like static. So now that you've clarified it, to me, it would be like an annoying negative static that I would need to clear out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's a good description. And it appears to be like that for a lot of people because they have managed to push it to the side. Mm. So, but I'm here to tell you that you can push it to the side. And that's up until experiencing this technology, I didn't know that there was a better way. I didn't know that you could eliminate it. Uh, so as far as I knew prior to that, people who were teaching techniques to overcome fear and to, you know, act in, in spite of fear and worry and doubt and just, you know, take action anyway, I'm telling you, it's not even necessary to have fear or doubt or worry or mind chatter. All of these things can be eliminated now and they can be eliminated in minutes and people are blown away at how they're instantly, uh, you know, just yesterday, we shared it with a couple people for the first time because it's so profound. We like to meet with people and guide them through the first experience. 
and we capture it on video as well. And it's just amazing what you you can see it all over their faces, how how they change. And one of the people that we met with yesterday, which is a pretty common response, just could not stop smiling. And every time she said a negative word, her, her what normally would make her frown, she was literally, it was so funny. She kept saying negative words. And every time she did, she'd smile and start laughing because there's no longer neural pathways that are connected to that, that are triggering emotional reactions and pumping chemicals into the body and feeling those fight or flight feelings or, or you know, to whatever degree. Our bodies get addicted to those chemicals and and so it it causes our minds to think thoughts and draw things to us that will produce experiences that give us those feelings of whatever it is, anger, anxiety, fear, whatever it is, to feed those chemical addictions to the bodies. And we have processes now, we use another process that clears out those things from the body. So we clear it out from the mind and we also clear it out from the body because the body really kind of is the subconscious because it stores the memory in the cells. And then when it wants its fix, it triggers us to do the things to follow its bidding so that we feed it the chemicals that we do. And, and then most people are stuck in that loop and in that cycle, being triggered, feeling all those unpleasant feelings, having to take time to calm down. Sometimes that can go into depression. All of these things are virtually unnecessary. Oh my gosh, Carl. Okay, I might get some heat off of this. No listeners that it came out of my mouth and not Carl's. But I've been studying a little bit about processed foods lately. And I know this is different from, you know, mind, but I think there's some parallels here. Okay, and I will not deny at all that I'm a sucker for McDonald's french fries. <laughs> but the more studying that I'm doing, the more I'm realizing, you know, I never really realized what food scientists do. Like, I guess I never knew, number one, that it was an actual profession. And number two, that they could be adding additives to our foods that makes us want them. Like, mm-hmm. And one of the examples I heard was like the can of Pringles. There's a reason why you can't stop eating them. It's because the food scientists have, you know, put stuff in there that makes you want to keep on eating them. And I would not be surprised if that same stuff is in my McDonald's French fries. But there's... What you're saying is that our minds can be the same way, that we become addicted to those thoughts and we, we got to fix it. Did I hear that right? Yes. And most most people are are doing all of this without even being aware of it. It's below their level of consciousness. So they're stuck on this loop and these cycles and and life just gets harder and harder and they don't understand why they're depressed and they'll they'll go to other substances or food or things to kind of fill the hole. But, and it's not necessary. It's just none of it's necessary. We just didn't know about it. This technology didn't exist before. I mean, I actually program my subconscious mind to form, program myself to create it using the writing process. And that's another story how that came about. But I essentially, I was ready to take things to another level again. I, even though I'd been manifesting all kinds of amazing things with the writing, uh, I was living in New York City at this point four, four years ago, and I was ready to really kind of just take things to another level. And 
because it can always get better. That's what I've learned in this life is it's just the better it gets, the better it gets. And so I programmed myself to uh, specifically the terminology I was using was to increase my manifestation abilities exponentially. And the beautiful thing about the writing is you can be very specific and you can program your mind to do exactly what it is that you would like it to do right down to the letter. And so I programmed myself to do that. And suddenly I was drawn to some ancient secrets and wisdom and information combined with some things that I already knew and was, had been experimenting with. And over time it has kind of evolved, but here we are four years later and just, it's just been blowing my mind ever since the beginning. Carl, I just want to address listeners who may be questioning what we're talking about, especially those who know my faith, because my Christian faith is very important to me. But I know that a lot of people could think that what Carl is talking about is really woo-woo. And I'm Carl, I'm sorry, I'm not going to disagree. And I've been (laughs) challenged by some people by how can you be a Christian and believe in the law of attraction? And my comeback to that and, and manifestation, my comeback to that is where my faith is concerned. Through him, all things are possible. But I can't just sit on the couch and wait for God to deliver to my footstep or to my feet. You know, I can't sit on the couch watching Simpsons every night and expect (laughs) for every one of my desires to happen. In my opinion, there still needs to be action taken on my part. So going with that, like, I believe that the two can go together very well. And I think it's my responsibility to also know that, to remember that through them, all things are possible. And I need to keep that in mind mind first, instead of worrying about all the things that I would normally think are impossible, there's no impossible. I am possible. Take the word apart. It's right there. Pardon the religious detour no, I love for it. a moment. I actually, actually, I love it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I believe that it, they're one and the same. They're, every bit of it is like if you were to overlay the two, they would match beautifully because I believe they're saying one and the same thing. They're just different times and different ways of expressing it. It's all in how you interpret. And I find some of the most profound truths I've ever discovered were the words of Jesus in the New Testament. So, And every bit of that is 100% in alignment with every bit of how I live my life. Thank you. And I'm not going to name the name here because I don't want to detract from you, but I've been reading a pretty well-known author lately, and I had resisted reading his books until, well, they just started screaming at me. (laughs) Read me. I've been on your shelf for a long time. Read me. And I was amazed when I opened up the first page, and he's talking about how he's pulling from the works of Buddha in the Bible. And a whole lot of others. And I had resisted, I think, because I thought it was going to be too woo. And the more I get into it, the more I realize it's not. Absolutely not. Carl, have you heard how I met my husband? Mm, not sure if I have. And I actually want to know how you manifested Amy after I took on this. <laughs> so I. That's funny. Well, I think it's a valid question on oh, my I know. part. I just, I'm, I'm just laughing at, at how you expressed that and the profound nature of it so (laughs) okay in my total transparency i was 
getting ready to leave my ex-husband. He was abusive. And I had a business at that time, a business that I should have honestly never started. Actually, that reminds me, I did have a question that I'll circle back around to, but I'm just going to spit it out here about your diamond business. I'm wondering if you ever should have started it or if there was knowledge that you gained from it, but I'll get back to that. Okay. So this business, I just know I should have never started it, but everything for a purpose. And my ex-husband hated the business and he actually firewalled all the sites that I needed to run the business from our home internet. He sort of forgot about, was it a Commonwealth, a common property? You know, after you've been together a certain amount of years, anything that's paid for in the house belongs to both of you. So he said, I pay this bill. (laughs) You can't use the internet. So I did what any logical person would do. And I'm joking here. I went out and got an office. So things had gotten really bad physically and emotionally for me and my boys. So I, I had lined up an apartment and I was on Craigslist looking for furniture. And actually back up three weeks, I was watching the bucket list down at my office. And I was like, you know, I don't know what I want on my bucket list right now, but I'm getting ready to leave. Like I knew when I was leaving and I just want to commit to myself that I am, I will stay single for the rest of my life rather than to wind up like this again. But if I'm going to date somebody, I'm going to create a list. So right there that night, I made a soulmate spec sheet and it was like 62 items long. So fast forward again, three weeks, I'm on Craigslist looking for furniture. And I see this little link that said men looking for women. Okay. And the cuss word is going to come in here. And I said, I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to laugh at the assholes. Because I, I figured that everybody in there would be looking for sex. So Yep. Guy number one, looking for sex, laughed at him, kept on going. Guy number two was my husband. Not the one I was married to then, but the one that I'm married to now. Wow. He has like a two page, and I know because I printed it out and I have it now for our grandkids to see someday, just rundown of everything that he's looking for. And going back and forth between my soulmate spec sheet to his profile, Mm -hmm. like I had on my, on my sheet, we'll paint my nails. And he has on his list that he was raised by three women and he loves pampering his women and he will, <laughs> he will paint nails. That's hilarious. And there was just so much back and forth. That's the 1111. Mm-hmm. Like I had loves to cook and this is not what I put in mind, but his says, I love to cook and will cook naked. listeners don't worry if you come to our house you will not cook naked but when our kids leave the house i look forward to it again someday Uh, you might get a line at your door there (laughs) (laughs) but you know there was just a lot of that back and forth so i can totally see how it would work in writing but i never thought about that until now but there's been other things that i've manifested like that and we my husband and i listeners you've heard Dave struggles with PTSD. So we've had a little bit more heated time lately, but up until like a few years ago, we had never really fought. And the first big doozy of a fight, it was totally his fault. I will put it all on him and he knows it. He said, what can I do to make it up to you? And totally joking, I say, I want three kittens. We did not need more cats. That same day, he accidentally let my cat fame, who had not been fixed yet, out of the house. Two months later, five kittens. I was like, you know, I was joking. If you ever pull that bleep again, I will give you triplets. If this is your first episode, listeners, we thought we were done having kids and God said, ha, and gave us twins. So threatening him with triplets. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> careful what you wish for. <laughs> be careful. But he did not pull that same thing again. That's not to say that he hasn't, you know, that we haven't both jabbed each other in other ways, but not that same way because he knows my tubes may be tied, but God can do wonders and he better watch out because there will be triplets. Heaven help us. Yeah. So how, how did you manifest Amy? Well, you thought you were going to get out of that, didn't you? I thought maybe so. (laughs) Well, it, it is kind of a funny story. She loves telling it. This was back in 91. And a friend of mine he came to me and he was he he belonged to this it was called New Skin it was a network marketing company and he was one of their distributors and they had a big event that was coming up in the town and uh, Ronald Reagan was speaking and Bill Cosby was speaking and they were going to have this big cocktail party and formal affair and so he said well why don't you come to this party with me. And I wasn't interested in the, the business that he was doing, but I thought, all right, I'll, I'll just go for the party and, and kind of made a, a joke about, cause it was new skin. I, I made a joke. It was like, yeah, as long as I get some new skin and we were just, we joked about that. And, and then uh, we go to the party, the champagne party at the very beginning. And I was in tuxedo and we came to the front of this big room, the doorway entrance, and my friend that I was with, he was kind of an outgoing guy when it came to the ladies. So he, he was always uh, really forward in that way, and I wasn't. And so he, he looked across the room, and he saw two women sitting at a table, and he said, hmm, that looks like a woman you'd be interested in. And he just walked away from me and went straight over to the table and sat down between the two ladies and started talking to them. So I just stood there by myself <laughs> with my champagne. And uh, next thing I know, he's they're calling me over and, and I meet Amy. Well, it turns out that from Amy's side of that, she was sitting there and this guy just came over. She was not with that other woman. They were just sitting at the same table. And this guy came over and started talking to him. And then she looked up and saw me, and then she said to my friend, she goes, and the other girl, she said, you don't happen to know that guy, do you? And my friend says, well, yeah, I actually came with him. So what? <laughs> So we ended up spending the whole week together. Funny thing is that in order to get a ticket, he ended like he lost his name tag, and I was using his name tag. So I had to go as Mike for the first week. <laughs> When I met Amy, I, you know, right away, she, she met me as Mike, Uh, but I told her I go by Carl. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was funny. (laughs) And then we spent a week together and then we didn't see each other for almost two years. And this was before the internet. So we kept in contact via phone and, and (laughs) believe it or not, letters. And then when I moved to the Virgin Islands, she came to visit a few times and ultimately ended up moving down there. Oh, wow. Okay, the Virgin Islands? You sort of left that part out of the story. Well, after the diamond business, you asked me about my diamond business. I still loved working with the stones and I loved, I was very fascinated with the whole thing. And when I realized about the subconscious programming, it all became clear to me why things fell apart. It was all my programming and how I was aligned and actually misaligned. 
aligned with the outcomes that I ended up experiencing. And so I decided that I was going to turn that all around and program myself to sell millions of diamonds. And, and next thing I know, you know, actually this happened in Brazil when I was in Rio de Janeiro, I was practicing this new way of living of just trusting and being in the flow and doing what I love and having money come to me. And a number of funny things happened. One, one day, my friend and I, when we were in Rio, we were sitting there going, all right, well, we had no money because we used our money to get there. And we were just, we were planning on, he had worked there before where he would guide tourists around to different jewelry stores because there are a lot of gemstones in Rio and they would give him a commission. So we were planning on doing that. Well, we got there, everything had changed and the whole industry had changed and it wasn't really the same. But we did get connected with some gem guys and we were sitting there one day and and we were practicing this, you know, do what you love, do what feels good as far as like, you know, not going upstream, going with the flow of life. And so we looked at each other and we said, well, you know, the, we were talking about going out and finding some people to bring to, how would we find some tourists to bring to these gem places? And we, we said, well, you know, what do you, what do you really feel like doing right now? And we both agreed. We just felt like going to the beach. So we said, all right, we're just going to go to the beach. Cause that's what we feel like doing right now. We go to the beach just wading out into the water and we see this note floating towards us and it's a hundred thousand cruzado note now that sounds like a lot it was only worth about eight bucks in us dollars but it was the largest note of their monetary system so it was the biggest single amount of single note that could have come to us floated up to us in the in the water in the ocean and we're like wow that was pretty cool uh, and then we go back out on the beach and someone's throwing a football and they're tossing it around. And so we just jump in and we're throwing the football back and forth. And then some guy comes out of the blue. Hey, and he's yelling to me from almost a football field away, literally so far away. He's yelling to me. He comes up to me and I thought maybe he was going to say something about the f throwing the football or something. And he comes up and he goes, hey, do you happen to know where I can get some good gemstones? What? So here we could have gone out and, and tried to hustle to find some people. And yet we decided to stick to our principles of living this way of drawing things to you and being in alignment and letting things show up and not blocking the flow. And it's and, not like you're wearing a t-shirt that says, ask me where to find gemstones, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're all connected. There's there on some level of communication. We are all connected. That's why, you know, you can get that sense when somebody's trying to, reach out to you and you know when someone's calling you on the phone sometimes uh, you know those kinds of th connections because our subconscious mind is totally dialed in on all that stuff and when you program your subconscious mind to be in alignment with the things that you're choosing not things that were programmed from when you were a kid you know when you were a kid you might have decided oh people are mean you know maybe you had one experience that someone was mean and then you decide that people are mean and then guess what? That gets into the, into that program. And then every day there's a communication that says, Hey, I believe people are mean. And so guess what kind of people show up? That's a frequency. It's all a frequency. And, and you can tweak that frequency. You can just like you can learn, uh, you can go to the school and you can get educated Well, you can learn how to program your subconscious mind the same way as you learn a new habit. Only you're now tapping into a much more powerful part of who you are that allows 
things to flow in your life. And rather than see, here's the thing, you're already using your subconscious mind, whether you're programming it or not, you're already living the program that was put there. So the question is, do you like the program? If you like having your buttons pushed, if you like some of those things that are, I consider unpleasant, then don't change a thing. But if you would like to see things better, if you would like to align with a better standard of living, if you'd like to align with happier relationships, if you'd like to align with ideal body weight or any of any of these types of things that people have challenges with in life, then just change your subconscious programming and everything else takes care of itself. It's like you're delegating this to your whole team that's inside you that you don't have to deal with it anymore. Your your conscious mind is like the executive, but the executive has to have the team working with it to have the results. And that's by programming your subconscious mind in a certain way, by writing in a certain way, and, and it happens to be in cursive because it's a right brain activity. And the right brain activities tend to bypass the critical factor of the mind more easily so they can go into the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind is designed to block change. It's designed to keep things the same because once it's been pretty much developed, which is between birth and the age of reason, that point is done. And then then your human starts to develop the conscious mind. That's why children are so impressionable because they're, it's like they're in hypnosis all the time until they learn how to reason, until they learn right from wrong, and they learn, oh, if I do this, that's going to happen. The subconscious mind does not know, it does not reason. It just executes the commands. So if you're doing something that is destructive because of that program, your subconscious mind doesn't know that it's doing something that's destructive. It's just doing what it's been told, so to speak. And that's usually based on those impressions that we pick up when we're children. It can also be affected through trauma as an adult, when something's really an intense experience that where it can get immediately imprinted. Carl, for the cynics out there, I just want to go back to our earlier discussion. Since, and I have a couple questions for you, which you know I know the answers to, but listeners, I'm also going to take a screenshot so you know that I'm telling the truth. Carl, since <laughs> you and I met two and a half months ago, have we talked at all? No. Have I ever contacted you via phone? I don't even know if I have your phone number to be totally honest. No, so I just I give, no. just gave the answer. I, I don't. I don't have a phone. Oh well, that makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long was our pre-chat? Gosh, I don't know. Five minutes tops, maybe? I'd say, because I said let's just jump in. Like I yeah. didn't even go over any of the pre-chat normal stuff with you, except to tell you I talk bloopers. I mute myself. <laughs> and had we ever talked about eleven eleven before? No. I'm going to take a screenshot, listeners, of our Skype conversation, because our Skype conversation literally started the minute before we got on our call today. Carl doesn't have a phone, so I wasn't able to text him. And I don't think we've even ever exchanged an email. I mean, you've gotten email reminders of our right of our conversation here. But, you know, I don't want you to think that we set this up and... I even have a screenshot. Oh, I have I have screenshots and Instagram posts where I have like 1111s and even to my team members. Look what I just saw again. It happens all the time. Look what I just saw. Look what I just saw. My poor team member, Renee, she's the victim of all my either 111s or, one, or 1111s. 
look, another one. Look, another one. She's like, okay, (laughs) would you stop? You're filling up my phone memory. She's never said it. (laughs) But would you stop, Kim? I just don't want anybody to think that we, like, you know, staged all this. Because we totally did not. And I almost Skyped you before I even brought up the time just to let you know what time it was. But I was like, nope, I'm just not going to say a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, (laughs) because that would have totally been against, you know, the point. And then you just say it, which is why it was such a big holy moly to me. Poor listeners think that I don't curse at all. And what you don't know (laughs) is that I'm just trying to be respectful of your children. But when I hang up, like I cuss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that everything is about alignment. And I, I have a funny casino thing that that made me think of. When I first started learning about this subconscious programming, I was living near the state line of Nevada. And so I decided I was not a gambler. And I decided, you know, it was funny because at one point in my diamond business, we were working with some casinos to have them give diamonds as prizes. And when the guy took me on the catwalks behind the casino so I could see all the behind the scenes above, he asked me, you know, he said, are you a gambler? And I said, no. And at the time, I thought, you know, that's crazy. Why would people do that? (laughs) Because it just seemed like it was too risky and just didn't make sense. Uh, I didn't understand any of it. But once I started learning about the subconscious programming, I started looking at it all differently. And I realized, wow, that means that if it's all about alignment, then anything that you align with, you can experience. And I thought, well, wow, casinos, that would be a very interesting experiment to see how that would play out. So I didn't really know any casino games other than, you know, roulette, which is easy. And But I got to the point that, you know, I, I learned craps and loved it, fell in love with it right away. And then at one time I ended up holding the dice for over 45 minutes because I just kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And that's a funny story. But the one that made me think of this was when you asked me to guess the time of what the numbers were. And I said, 11, 11, we used to do a thing with a friend of mine and I, you know, we treated it kind of like school. We'd go out to the casinos, we'd experiment and see what our results were. And so we'd be walking around the casino and, and he'd ask me, you know, pick a number. And so I'd pick a number and he'd step over to the roulette table and put the bet on the roulette table. And the first time he asked me to do it, I said, 21. And he put it on 21 and he won 36 to one. And I said, and it's going to hit again. Boom. It hit again. He didn't place the second bet, but it won twice in a row. And I called it. It's all alignment. When you're in the flow and you don't have resistance, these things just pop up like signposts. It's kind of a funny thing. But I can see it's, that. It, it's a magical way to live and it's fun. Just like you're seeing your 11-11, that's your subconscious mind being aligned. And as soon as it's almost 11-11, it gives you this nudge to turn your head and look over there. Yeah. And yeah. then it, boom, there it is. So I am not a gambler either, to with only one exception if i feel a strong pull to put a dollar into one of those scratch off Mm -hmm. vending machine things at the grocery then once in a while i will do it but it has to be a really strong pull and i will tell you that probably 90 percent of the time i've won off that dollar 
but I won't do it if I don't feel the pull. Like my kids think it's a candy machine or something. So they're like, Mama, do you have a dollar? And if I'm not feeling it, then I won't. And I do very little shopping at the store now. We actually started doing grocery delivery, which is amazing. But anyway, like maybe once every two years, I'll do it. And only if there is that pull. Because I do feel that that feeling means something. Absolutely. And if I meant to push that button, when I put the dollar in, I push the button for the one that says push me. You know, and I know they all say push me, folks, but the one that's actually calling for me to say push me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's how, here are the kind of the mechanics of that, because I like to look at things. I like to look at them and break them down because they seem magical and mystical and wow, this happened and, and how did that happen? And so in my mind, I, I'm always looking at it from since I know that I can program my subconscious. Now I look at everything from a a mechanical standpoint of, okay, well, if that lined up, how did, is that? Why is that? And I have learned that what people experience is a product of what they believe on an unconscious level, not conscious level. There's a huge difference. And what's, what's believed on the unconscious level is below our level of consciousness. So what I would say, what I would immediately notice from what you just told me of how you get these promptings and then you buy the ticket and most of the time you win, I would say that your programming is on that topic is in alignment with winning. And so every time there's a winning ticket that's near your subconscious is tuned in with, I mean, it's so sophisticated that it can literally know, you know, all of the, it taps into everything. I'm not kidding. Your subconscious is tapped into everything. It's like, we're all connected into this huge supercomputer. And so all the knowledge is there available to you. You can access it. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily pull it up on your conscious screen per se, but you can engage your subconscious to fulfill your desires of alignment simply by giving it the proper instructions and say, okay, I would like to align with winning. That's how I won the ticket to the new media summit event. Not once, but twice. Twice. I was about to say twice. That's which is absolutely like crazy to me. Crazy. Awesome. But yeah. Okay. My house is very loud without the TV on or the radio on. It's just what you get with this many people in the house. (laughs) Yes. And, but when we do turn the radio on, it always seems to be on our song. Another alignment, perfect example. Yeah. And there's nobody else in the house listening to that station because that's the only radio in our house. Everybody else has devices that are doing uh, heaven knows what. But yeah. So since you've experienced that, those are perfect examples of alignment and and what I can say to that is you can align with anything or everything that you choose. That's the truth. That's the real truth. What you're aligned to now is a product of the programming that you've adopted up until this point, and mostly when you were a child. But you can align the same way that you're aligning with 11.11, your song, all of those things. You can align with happiness. You can align with success in any area of your life. You can align with wonderful relationships. You can align with all of it, everything, every single bit of it, you can align with it. You can program yourself to automatically align with these things. And, you know, the funny thing is I program myself to sell millions of diamonds. Remember I mentioned that earlier on? Uh Well, 
after I moved to the Virgin Islands and got into the gem business there and working with a big mining company out of Brazil and traveling on the cruise ships and doing gems and lectures and stuff, I ended up going back to Amy moved to New York. She just felt like she had to go to New York. So I said, all right, well, go to New York. And I commuted from St. Thomas for a while and then kind of got tired of that and decided to move to New York. I figured I was traveling on the cruise ships all over anyway. If they could fly me to Guatemala from St. Thomas, they could do the same thing from New York. So I moved to New York and right away, somehow word got out that I was there and some people invited me to to work with them in the diamond business. And I wasn't expecting to, but next thing I know, I'm back in the in the gem business there in New York, working with some some diamond manufacturers, a big diamond manufacturer. So they cut stones and, and we were dealing with, uh, you know, I was selling stones to people who actually had sites that were site holders with De Beers. Uh, so top, top level, you know, first level of distribution by invitation only from the biggest diamond dealers in the world, essentially where they get their rough. So pretty kind of high level stuff from that perspective. And one day after being in that working right there in the diamond district and dealing with all these manufacturers and stuff. One day it dawned on me, I decided to kind of tally up how many stones that I had sold. And because we were dealing with a lot of small stones, I ran the numbers and it was over a million diamonds. Wow. Carl, are you still doing diamonds today? Occasionally I, I get stones for friends and I have all the connections. It's, I'm so passionate about what I'm doing with the subconscious mind programming. This is really my biggest, greatest passion. And now that I've invented this new technology, it's just blowing people's minds. My real dream is to free humanity from limited thinking and it's working. It's happening. It's working with our technology now. Mm. So that's what excites me. That's what gets me up in the morning, gets me excited all day long. And so, yes, I love diamonds. I love uh, the gems and the, it's a fascinating world. It's fun and exciting. And once you're in it, you're kind of never out of it uh, fully. So, uh, however, this is what is the most exciting thing to me. I love seeing people getting relief from their pain. And it is really amazing what is happening. And people are just, they can't even believe it when they're experiencing it. They're a common thing is I didn't know I could experience, I didn't know I could be this happy. I didn't know I could feel this way. So I, that's, that's where my, you can see I'm, I, I get kind of passionate about that. No, and I've been, telling, I've been telling people about the subconscious mind programming for over 30 years. And now people are starting to listen. And the good news is, is in the meantime, I've now developed this new technology that really just propels you beyond what you even imagined could be possible. See, I'm, I'm a marketing automation geek who can get just as passionate about my stuff, but I love what you're doing. So I totally get it. I mean, I already shared this on one podcast today, mm-hmm. but I call them learning gasms when I learn something new <laughs> in marketing cool. automation, because it just, it blows my mind. And I think it would probably be safe to say that when you have gone through all your learning and new things have blown your mind, it it probably feels the same way. I mean, there's nothing greater to me besides my kids and my husband. I have to throw them in there because it's obligatory and because I love them. (laughs) But, you know, there's nothing greater to me than that new, like, it's my Christmas when I learn something new and it's mind-blowing like that. 
I want to ask, where can listeners go that want to get in touch with you and learn more about your technology and how to get started? Okay, sure. The main website that you can uh, find me is mindflavors.com. And I actually have an ebook that I've written specifically on this writing technique that I'm happy to give to your listeners for free. Uh, if they just want to go to mindflavors.com forward slash ebook, you can download that for free. And if you feel like you're someone that's ready to experience this new technology and you'd like to have a private screening with us, uh, you can go to mindflavors.com forward slash story and you can see if you can book a private screening with us. Amazing. Listeners, those links will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP570. Carl, just absolutely mind-blowing to me today. I still can't get over the 1111. <laughs> like, I yeah. almost asked you, but this would be sort of... <laughs> I almost asked you if I should be setting my alarm, but I don't need to set my alarm because I already look at the clock at 11.11. So well, now I'm just going to need to make a practice and make sure that my, because I, I also hand journal and I do do it in cursive. So I'm just so intrigued. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And just make sure that you do it in the positive mm -hmm. and in the present tense. Okay. Yeah. I'm, you've got my, my gears spinning already. <laughs> Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you'd like to share with listeners? Sure. I believe there's a genius inside of each one of us and each one of you, and you can tap into that genius by programming your subconscious mind. So my parting words would say, get in there and download the ebook and start experimenting with it and have some fun. Uh, you can truly be the designer of your life. You can paint your own picture and live it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.